impressive from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. have to do some acting or something to, uh, to show you what, was, uh, what happened. Anyway, what happened uh, there is that, <clears throat> uh, as you can just about gather, there's an o- a big open-air setting with a, a brightly coloured stage and uh, thousands of people gather to this field. Uh, some of them uh, are bussed in from the surrounding areas. They come in the bus and on the bus and on the sides of the bus and everything, you know, they, they pack into these buses to come to these meetings. And Trevor declares the gospel of Jesus. And he does it in a particular way. He, he starts uh, by uh, bringing words of knowledge, if you like. He, he, he asks people with particular problems to come forward and be prayed for on the stage. And He prays for them in the name of Jesus and then various people inquire what's happening, uh, what's God doing and we always have good news. There are always some people who can say, yes, I know God has touched me, I know God has healed me. And uh, often they demonstrate that by doing what they couldn't do before. Uh, And then he preaches the gospel uh, and invites people to respond to Jesus and those who do come forward in great numbers and they they pray the prayer of commitment and their names are taken and uh, they're followed up afterwards uh, by local people. And then, as far as we were concerned, the the big moment came when we had to to go down and pray uh, for the sick in in the crowds. It was dark by this time and we went down in the company of an interpreter and we had to pray for the sick. Now, I'm not quite sure how much of this Marion's going to say but I I think I'll stop at that point except to say that on the the DVD, which I hope we may be able to to get... uh, and to show to you later, there is a man who was brought to that mission who was in a coma. He'd been in a coma for quite a long period of time. I'm not quite sure how long. His friends brought him there. They took him out of hospital and he came with all these sort of uh, tubes and everything uh, hanging off him. It's a bit like the, the passage in the, in the Gospel, isn't it, where the friends brought, they broke the roof the roof opened and, and lowered their friend down. Well, the, so some of his friends brought him to uh, this, this mission. And there was a tent there um, for those who are seriously sick. They actually call it the resurrection tent because they're believing that in due course there will be someone or some ones raised from the dead. Uh, in their missions. But uh, the seriously sick come there and Trevor prayed for, you've got a picture of him praying for this man in a coma with all these tubes uh, in the tent. 
and then you've got another picture of him uh, I don't think it was the same day or another day coming, I think it was the same day, coming forward uh, to, to be part of the main meeting, looking still a bit dazed, but definitely out of a coma. And uh, in the next year's video, you've got an interview of Trevor talking to this man and he's totally, totally healed. And uh, there are other things happening. There's a man there who's, whose hand is released uh, immediately from uh, being sort of all clenched up. So I can't really uh, explain in, in very well what's on the video. You, I hope we will be able to see it. Uh, but for us it was a, a great experience to be involved in this sort of ministry. We have been involved in healing ministry over the years. I don't know whether John and Julie can remember right, way back when we still had that chapel. Can you remember we had a a healing mission, and we, we posted on it, Jesus still heals today. And uh, we had a series of healing missions. So we've been involved in it many years, uh, and we've seen God do wonderful things. But I'll hand over now Marion to, to give her, her testimony and come back later. Um, yeah, over the years, we've kind of had ups and downs with healing. I don't know what your experiences are, uh, but you know, at times you're full of faith, and really going for it. And then somebody you're praying for dies or something awful happens and you, oh, you know. Uh, and, and you kind of go and it sort of dive, don't you, down. And uh, over the years I've been very challenged about it. I've always wanted to be more involved in healing ministry. I've always felt that was God's calling, uh, not just to me individually, but to all Christians, really, that we are to heal the sick. At the end of Mark's Gospel, it says, uh, when Jesus commissioned them, that they, they would go and lay hands on people and they would get well. Okay? And so I think it's all part of our commission uh, to preach the Gospel and to heal the sick. So I felt very, very challenged about it. And one verse in particular that has really challenged me is John 14, verse 12. And I can't get away from that. I'll just read it to you just to remind you what it is. Uh, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing and he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Now I just found that over the years, God's spoken to me a lot about that and just really convicted, Lord where are these works? Uh, where are these things that we're doing? And often we didn't seem to be doing them. So when we had a chance to go off on these missions to India and see more healings, uh, I was really thrilled that we could do that. And people said, oh, it's great. You know, you'll see people lame walking and blind seeing and all that stuff. So that was great. And um, we did see a lot of stuff on the stage when Trevor was leading the meeting and praying for the sick on the stage. But then at the end of the meeting, we all went down, the team all went down as individuals uh, with an um, interpreter, if possible, with us. And we just stood in the crowd. Every, everybody in India comes forward for prayer. I mean, virtually everybody. looks like everybody anyway, which was thousands. And they're all standing at the front there, sort of tightly packed. You know, there's no space watch my space sort of feeling. They're all tightly packed. And so you go and stand in the middle 
Um, it's when I'm really glad I'm quite tall, really. <laughs> That's quite a help. You go and stand in the middle of a group and you're holding your interpreter's hand, trying to stay together. And they're there. They all want prayer for something. So the interpreter's asking, what do you want prayer for? So we know what we're doing, what we're going for. Coughs or or pains or whatever, cancers and stuff like that. And then for 45 minutes, we just stand and pray. Everybody gets about one minute. And then we ask them how they feel. Are they feeling better? Now, they're very polite, Indian people. So we have a feeling they might say yes. So we try and find, you know, can they do something they couldn't do before or perhaps a more testing question to really test it out. Um, But it's just absolutely amazing because... 95% 95% of the people say they feel better. They've had pains and the pains have gone. I mean, it's just wonderful to see that. And one person, one or two people in particular, one lady had got um, a really, I mean, when I say rash, there were sores all around her neck. I don't know what it was. Um, I must admit, I didn't put my hand on the sores. I put my hand on her head to pray. And... Um, So I rebuked it and prayed for it and stuff. And the next night, she came back and said, could I have some more prayer? She found me. Because look, my neck and the sores are nearly all gone. There was just, you know, the evidence there. But all the sores had healed up in the day, you know. And I had to sort of pinch myself, really. Is this really happening? And then another man, a young man, the family were pushing him forward, I guess around about 20-ish, the guy was. Um, And they said, he's deaf and dumb. You know, and you can't think, oh, Lord, you know, what are you going to do here? So I prayed for his ears, and then I, and yeah, he said he could hear a bit. I wasn't quite sure about that. And then I just said, in the name of Jesus, say Jesus, or something about Jesus. And he did. And And I was saying to the interpreter, are you sure he was absolutely dumb? You know, are you sure? Yes, of course, he says, you know, what's the problem, sort of thing. Jesus is healing him. And so that was the kind of level of stuff we were seeing. It was just amazing, you know, really things that, you know, just all around you, people were being healed and were expecting to be healed and were just taking it, just taking it from the Lord and receiving and so that was a wonderful, wonderful experience that we had there. And um, I, just, I just wanted to share a couple of things that I felt God helped me with through that experience. The first thing is that healing is a process. That was what I learned. You know, sometimes we think, right, we'll pray for the person. Uh, do you feel any better? No, well, okay, you may feel better tonight or tomorrow sort of stuff. And then when they don't, we think, oh, well, it hasn't worked, or we look for more uh, problems within them, you know, perhaps they've sinned or done something that's preventing this healing. And, you know, it's kind of, um, we feel perhaps we've done something wrong or they've done something wrong. But the big thing that was coming across from the teaching in, in this crusade, we had seminars in the mornings, the Christians met in the mornings for seminars, um, was that it, is a process, and when you pray in faith, something always happens. And that they can come back again for prayer the next day and the next day, and in the church the next week and the next week. And really believe that every time you pray in the name of Jesus, in faith, for the person, ministering to them, something is happening. 
And I found that a tremendous release because I hadn't got to expect that it was going to happen then. Great if it does, and sometimes it does, and with a lot of the Indian folks it was <laughs> happening there and then quickly, immediately. But if it doesn't, we still go on ministering in faith. We don't give up. And, and that was just a very releasing thing for me, really, that to believe that when I pray for someone, God is doing something every time. And then the other thing was the need to soak in the presence of God, that it is a work of the Holy Spirit, that it is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and that we, if we're going to pray with people, and I hope we all do feel called to pray for the sick because it's part of what God's calling us to, but that each of us really need to spend time with God. We've heard that this morning already, haven't we? And uh, we just need to get alone with Jesus, not necessarily read masses of scriptures, but just rest in his presence, worshipping, seeking him, listening to him, soaking up the Holy Spirit like a sponge, <laughs> soaking in more of the Spirit, so that we are full of the Spirit. And it's the Spirit that will do the work through us. Now that might sort of seem obvious, but I don't know that really that I had learned how to do that and I'm still learning. It's not really been part of my Christian life. The quiet time with your Bible reading and your praying, but not resting in God's presence. So I think both of us are really trying now to put that a priority. An hour or so at least a day to soak in God's presence, just be in his presence, taking in the Holy Spirit, getting closer to Jesus and listening to him seems to be the key uh, that we need, one of the keys we need. So just those two things I'll share. Obviously there's lots of other things as well, but those two things. One, that it's a process that we can go on several times, keep praying and believing, and the other one, getting close to God. Yeah, I have. Yeah, do you want me to show them there? Okay, I've got a few more testimonies just to encourage you. We really felt this morning, above all else, we want to encourage you to go for it. Maybe some of you have been uh, in, you know, doing stuff and praying for people and then you've got discouraged. We all do get discouraged. So we really felt this morning, we really want God to lift your hearts and encourage you. And we will pray for people as well, but we really want you to lift up your spirits and look again at what God wants for you personally, for healing and for praying for others. So I'm going to share just one or two testimonies, because it's easy to say, I mean, I'm sorry you couldn't see it, but it's easy for us to say, oh, when we were there, this was healed and that was healed. But what happened afterwards? And they managed to get some testimonies sent, the pastors got some testimonies from people sent through in their own words uh, that came a sort of six weeks after the event. Um, it's, it's sort of a bit sort of pidgin English. I'll just read it as is. Kieran, I think this guy is sort of Kieran anyway. I, Kieran, uh, from Tilabari Tea Estate, and I am from Hindu family, because this was a mission, okay, we had lots of Hindus coming. We had faith in witchcraft and in idol worship. I had tumour in my stomach for two years. I went to doctors, had enough medicines, but all useless, failing, and I was losing hope. Everywhere seems to be dark for me. No possibilities were there. 
but the light of the life came to me during the hours of 22nd to 25th of November in Nagracarta. My tumour went off. Now I am healed after the prayer of the 25th of November. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God. Great, isn't it, to hear tumours healed like that. Okay, I am Karichi, someone, from one of the Hindu family. I had cancer since I was half dead. When I knew that I had cancer and I was thinking that I am now useless. But one from the church told me about Nagrakata healing prayer, where all kinds of diseases can be healed. Then I have hope again raised, and I became very much excited, and I went there on the 25th of November, and I saw there some were telling their problems, white men were praying for them, and people were healing, and I also went there by running and asked prayers for me. White men came to me and asked my problem and prayed for me. Immediately I was healed, and now I am very much happy with full of life. Thank you, God, that you healed me. Isn't that fantastic? Hindus healed and turned into Jesus. Amazing, isn't it? I am, mm, I can't read these names. I am Buddha Munda or something. Uh, Hindu background. I was suffering by a deep pain in my right hand and right leg from the years. And I was regularly eating painkiller tablets three times a day. For two years even, I went to witchcraft for healing, but I could not be healed from that dreadful pain for a single minute since I was hopeless and I had no way of getting released from this pain. Some Christian people came to me and suggested me to attend this healing crusade, and I took the decision to attend the festival. In the evening, people of God prayed for me, and after some time I received healing. Now I am very much happy. Pain has gone. Praise the Lord. I am Baskuna. From six months was suffering due to body pains. My whole body used to pain. I did everything. Went to doctor, had all sorts of medicines, and everything went in, was in vain. Due to this pain, I couldn't sleep many nights, and there was no rest for me. Due to this dreadful pain, I was restless and losing all hope of life every day. But I came to the Nagracarta, and as I have heard, as I have heard from believers... It was my final hope. I was dead in life. But these people of God prayed for me. And immediately I received healing. Now I have no pain. Pain has gone. Now I can sleep well at night and can work during the day. Thank you, God, Jesus. And I thank you for all people that came and prayed for him, I suppose. Um, there's one here from a little child. I'll probably finish with this one. I, reducing Roy, had a small heart hole in my heart and was suffering with a killing pain. I am 10 years old and because of my problem my parents were in a great tension. My father had taken me to Bangalore uh, twice for treatment and lost a lot of money. We are Bengali and I had great faith in worshipping Kali Mata. That's one of the Hindu goddesses I think. I and my mother used to worship and pray to Kali Mata for my healing but there was no progress. But one day, one man told to my father to take me to the Nagrakata healing meeting, and my parents took me there, and a Babali, a, well, I don't know, a father, they call them Babaji, a father, that's the name of sort of like the Roman Catholics for the father, I suppose they called the person praying, prayed for me. Now I don't have pain, I can play with my friends, and thank you, dear God. So, 
it's just um, I've got some more there. <laughs> you want to see them afterwards? It's just wonderful. Those, those obviously they were written and then translated. So it's, uh, but you get the gist of it, don't you, of what God was doing? Wonderful Jesus. Now I listened to Graham's talk on healing before I came. Uh, found it on your excellent website, and. Uh, was very much blessed by that talk and realised I'm, I'm just going to be building a bit more on what Graham has already taught you. Uh, he said that you want to be uh, a New Testament church in the 21st century or some, something like that. And that's a very laudable uh, uh, ambition. And he said very clearly, if you're going to be a, twen- uh, a New Testament church, uh, you need to be a church which demonstrates the healing power of Jesus Christ. Now, we sometimes quiver a bit when we say that, because, but we need to be that. If we're the church of Jesus Christ, we need to represent Jesus in all his fullness. The world needs to see the full manifestation of Jesus in the local church. And that includes the healing power and healings uh, in the name of Jesus. And I, I think it's stirring in, within me and I think it's stirring within you uh, to see, uh, see these things happen. And uh, I know Graham's going to build further on his teaching uh, that he's already given and I felt what I could do to add to this was to look in the Acts of the Apostles at several instances where believers, just like you and me, uh, ministered healing in the name of Jesus Christ and see what we can learn from them. Alright, now there's many occasions when there are what we call mass healings. Lots of people were healed. Uh, but there are other instances where it's individuals who are healed and we're going to look at the individuals who are healed. And that's just like in the Gospels, isn't it? In the Gospels you have many occasions where it, it said gives lots of description of, of lots of people who came and they were all healed. Uh, in fact, I can't find anywhere in the New Testament where anybody who came to Jesus wasn't healed. Okay? People, uh, Jesus didn't just heal, go out to everybody and heal them willy-nilly, but if people came to him with expectation, uh, they were healed. Hallelujah. And but there were other occasions when Jesus ministered to individuals. And it's the same in, in the Acts of the Apostles. You get wonderful occasions where lots of people are healed. And the healing power of, of, of God is manifestly present. People just want Peter's shadow to fall on them so that they can get healed. And people come and take cloths away from Paul's body and lay them on sick people and they're healed. So there's a lot of widespread healings in the books of the book of Acts, but there's also individual cases where we, we learn a bit more about exactly how it happened. And I just want to look at some of these um, uh, today, see what we can learn. And I want to start in Acts chapter 14, Acts chapter 14, where Paul is at a place called Lystra. And uh, he, he, he's on one of his... Uh, journeys and he's just been driven out of the previous town uh, but he comes to Lystra and 
that is verse 8. Acts 14.8 In Lystra there sat a man crippled in his feet who was lame from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. And at that, the man jumped up and began to walk. Hallelujah. be nice to see that, wouldn't it, in this very room or in this very city. Why not? What happened? Paul was preaching the gospel and it says he saw this man and he saw that he had faith to be healed. How did he do that? The man didn't have a little sign on his head saying, I've got faith to be healed. It must have been that Paul, in his spirit, or in his, with super, what he saw, spiritual realities, he just knew that this man had got faith to be healed. And what did he do at this point? He didn't go forth to the man and say, I pray for you now, Father, I ask you to heal this man. He didn't do that. He said, stand up on your feet and walk. And this incident shows me two aspects of healing which God's been speaking to me very much about. And the one is obviously sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit who, who showed Paul that this man had got faith to be healed. He just, the Holy Spirit gave, gave the kickstart, if you like, uh, to, to the whole, whole thing. A word of knowledge, we call it sometimes, when God somehow just gives you that knowledge, a knowledge which you, you couldn't naturally have, but somehow comes deep within you, or you get a sense of it, and it's the Holy Spirit showing you. And that's what we need. We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He's the one who's going to do the work, so we've got to be sensitive to him. And the other thing is authority. Paul ministered at this point with authority. He, he said, stand up. He gave a word of command. Stand up and walk. And it was effective the man stood up and walked. I don't know if you recall in that DVD how Trevor was praying for the man with the coma. He was praying with authority. I command in the name of Jesus. I command in the name of Jesus. He wasn't saying, Father, please do something. I mean, sometimes those are the right prayers, but I feel more and more We've got to see ourselves in a different light when it comes to ministering to the sick. We're on God's side, as it were. We're agents of God. We're not appealing to God. We're not standing beside the person who's sick and appealing to God for something to happen. We're standing by the side of God and saying something's got to happen, to put it a bit bluntly. I mean, perhaps the, the, you, you could put it a bit less black and white than that, but I think we need to hear something like that. This is the way believers 
ministered to the sick in the days after the Jesus was raised from the dead. Alright, let's have a look at another one. Acts chapter 3. And it, this is very similar. Um, you probably know, know this one already. It's a, at the gate beautiful of the temple. And there's a lame man there who is crippled from birth. Well, it starts at verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold have I, I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Another magnificent healing miracle. How did it happen? It just says this thing, when... uh, It says this, Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And I think that's the same sort of thing happening there as happened... Uh, to Paul Peter and John see something they they get some revelation I don't know how it was we're not told but somehow they knew that this man was going to be healed we don't know whether when they'd been praying together beforehand God had said to them when you go to the temple you'll meet a man and I'm going to heal him today could have been like that or it could have been at that very moment. They just get their, this sense in their spirit that God's going to do something. They're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And because they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, they launch out in faith. <laughs> they say to this man, silver and gold have I none. What I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ. And now walk. Authority again. Authority now. Uh, when Jesus sent out his, uh, his, his, the, the twelve originally, he said, I give you authority over evil spirits and to cure diseases. Now it's easy to see uh, authority when, you, when you're dealing with evil spirits, you do need to have that consciousness of authority that is given to you. And, and it's a wonderful thing, we have authority in Jesus we're raised up with Jesus, we're seated in heavenly places with Jesus that's part of the blessing of being in Christ Jesus and Jesus has all authority so when we come against evil spirits we come from a a position of authority over them and Jesus said to the 72 or the 70 when he sent them out uh, nothing I give you authority over all the works of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So we can be confident as we face uh, the works of Satan. But we can also 
minister with authority into sickness. That's Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. I think you'll find it is the reference which talks about authority. And certainly we find both Peter and John and Paul doing just this very thing. They were sensitive to the Holy Spirit, but they moved with their authority uh, that Jesus had given them to do the works of the Father. What did Marion say from John 14? Who who believes in me shall do the works that I do, and greater works. So we should have this in our heart, uh, that this is our potential in Christ Jesus. It's part of who he is, not just what we are. It's part of what who he is. He's been raised and he has authority, he has the name above every name, and he's commissioned his church to do this. So it's part of what he is, as part of what as well as part of what we are. And we need somehow to reach out to that in, in our spirits. Uh, this is part of the work which Jesus wants to do in the world. He wants to drive out sickness uh, and disease from the people and he wants us uh, to be involved in it. Let's have a look at, uh, at one or two more. We haven't got a great deal of time uh, to look uh, let's have another look at Peter. Peter, Acts chapter to 9, um, verse 32. And this is Peter travelling around. As Peter travelled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas? Peter says, uh, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and tidy your mat. <laughs> tidy up your mat, something we'd normally say to our children, isn't it? But uh, immediately Aeneas got up. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Another case of simple authority. Jesus Christ heals you. Look back in chapter 9, we get to Ananias, who goes to, to heal, uh, heal Saul. Um, Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. There you are. He just says, lays his hands on him and says, the Lord Jesus has sent me to heal you. There you are. That's how he does it. And we're just, uh, the final, there's only one more I think I can find of individual uh, details of how healing took place and that's towards the end of Acts uh, where, uh, that's chapter 28 where Paul heals the father of the governor. Uh, verse 8. The governor's father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. 
Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. I believe we're called to heal, called to heal the sick. That's what Jesus said, wasn't it? Go, preach the gospel, heal the sick. And I just strongly feel we need to have that approach uh, to healing and we can have it in Jesus Christ because Jesus has got all authority over every sickness. He's borne sickness for us on the cross. He bore our diseases and carried our infirmities and he told us to go out and heal the sick. Now Jesus himself, as I said, when he went to the pool at the, at the gate, beautiful. He didn't just go round and lay hands on everybody. He was under the authority of his father. And he says, I can't do anything except the father, except what the father tells me. And so he went to the one man and he ministered healing to that one man. But very often these, these one man things are, are just keys to open up the healing for others. And to, to, to inspire people to come forth and draw out of Jesus uh, the power uh, and the authority that is in him. Uh, but these two, I believe, go together uh, in healing ministry. Sensitivity, uh, as Marion said, we need to develop our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. We need to spend time listening building ourselves up, uh, getting accustomed to hearing his voice and we need also then to minister with authority. Let's go for it. Now, uh, one of the things I found when we were in these crusades, authority sort of welled up within me when you face the unbelieving and the, and the crowds and the sicknesses, authority gets stirred up in you. You want to do something about these things. And, and you, you do say, you know, be healed in the name of Jesus. And you do expect it. Amazingly. <laughs> Even us English people, you know, we begin to expect things uh, uh, to happen. And it's so wonderful when they do. There are, I mean, there are still challenges that come to you. You know, you get blind people coming before you. You know, when you go into the crowds, you don't just get headaches. You know, all sorts of things uh, people come up with. People say, I'm mad, this man's mad, you know. And, uh, um, and things like that, you know. And they bring the blind people to you. And you're there in the name of Jesus. So what do you do? You speak to the eyes. You say, see in the name of Jesus. You rebuke any spirits that are there in the name of Jesus. You persevere in the name of Jesus. Now, I haven't seen a blind person see yet, but I have seen eyes improve. Hallelujah. People could see more after I'd prayed uh, for them. People with, you know, very bad eyesight, if you like, not totally blind, uh, they saw better after... I'd rebuked blindness in the name of Jesus after I told the eyes to see 
in the name of Jesus. And I believe Jesus loves it when we get into that spirit of authority because he wants to see us uh, moving in authority. He wants to see people released from all the oppression of the enemy. And he wants to see his church rising up and doing it. Do you agree with that? Amen. Okay, let's have some practicalities now, shall we? Marion is going to, first of all, share uh, some words of knowledge. I don't know how long we're going to be here, but... (laughs) Better, what are the elders? (laughs) Yeah, just just felt, so you don't think it just happens in India. Uh, We have... Well, we didn't start it, but someone started in Stone and Stafford, some healing rooms, uh, which is sort of one half day a week where people can come and be prayed for, Christians or non-Christians. And uh, we're beginning to see things there. We haven't seen the cancers healed yet, uh, but one guy came with a really persistent cough, an old, old, older man, and uh, he came in sort of coughing, and it had been you know, going on for ages. And he went out, and he didn't cough for a week. And so a fortnight later he came back again and said, I didn't cough for a week, but it started again. Will you pray again? So we prayed again and it went completely. And then the next time he brought, back, he brought someone else with him, a non-believer, to get healed because of his testimony. And uh, another guy had a, a really inflamed foot. Uh, he said the doctor thought it might be gout. I haven't a clue what gout is, but it was all inflamed. And we prayed for his foot and he said, it does feel a bit better. It does feel a bit more comfortable. Uh, it's only man about 40-ish and uh, he said I'll take my shoe and sock off shall I and have a look well I would loved it if he'd done that at the beginning really because we would have seen what it was like before so we didn't see the before but it was completely well all the inflammation had gone down he said oh my goodness it's completely completely well and it was wonderful for that guy in particular because it might not have seemed a really bad thing for him but he was actually at the time going through a very painful divorce and he really wanted to know that God cared for him and loved him and it was just like a sign of God's love touching him. Uh, I'm just trying to think what else we've seen. Oh yes, another lady with bursitis, does that sound right? I don't know. Very painful hip anyway. She said she'd been in agony for two weeks uh, with her hip. I think that something came and went a bit but she'd had it for two weeks. Would you pray? Uh, So we prayed and uh, I don't think I was involved in that one, but someone prayed. We pray in little groups of three, three of us praying with one person for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever God, however God leads. And um, she said it completely went after the prayer, and she'd been free of it for two weeks. So uh, there are testimonies, there are things happening in little old England, you know. So uh, be encouraged on that. I just want to pray before I share these words of knowledge. I just feel that maybe some people are feeling so discouraged about their own lives or what's happened or what they've seen that they can't rise up. So Lord Jesus, we just come to you, Lord. Lord God, you know where we're at, Lord. Lord David and I had such a privilege to go to India, Lord, but not everybody can do that, Father. So Lord, I just pray that you'll lift people, Lord. We just come against all that disappointment all that sense of failure, all that heartache. Jesus, just take it away. We want to leave it with you, Lord. We don't want to be unbelievers. We want to be believers. 
Lord, just cleanse away all that disappointment, Lord, you know. And Holy Spirit, come and and just give us fresh hope. Fresh hope, Lord, this morning. I just believe that God showed me there was somebody with a a skin problem, a rash of some sort um, that he wanted to heal. Um, I don't know where it is or anything, but some sort of a rash. And then um, another thing, a problem in the throat or neck area. Um, not quite sure. Do you want me to share them all and then wait for response or get people to respond one by one or what? Share mm, the other one, yeah. Um, and the third one was a bad pain in the leg. I think the left leg. Maybe it's a swelling as well, but certainly a lot of pain in the left leg. So if, any, if you feel you respond to any of those. Yeah. Uh, well, yes, what we'd like to do is uh, you know, pray for people, or if you like, just initiate a time of healing, if you like, uh, when we, we all get involved, if possible, uh, for healing. And if you feel that what Marion said applied to you, we ask you just to come out here and one of us will pray with you in the name of Jesus uh, to be healed. We'll say be healed in the name of Jesus. Okay? And, uh, but if anybody's got anything else after wants to pray yes, forward. Yes, so. that's right. <coughs> so, which, which a skin problem, rash, anybody with a rash? Okay, good. Yeah. This guy at the back, glad to come forward. Anyone with a throat or neck area? I wasn't quite sure whether it was interior or exterior. Throat, neck area, swellings or pain? I think it's a man again, but not sure, no? Good. No. Okay, and uh, the other one, leg pain, probably left leg. Uh, Are you going to come up again as well, sir? You like to come up? Okay. Now, we usually have people standing behind uh, people when we pray for them because the the Spirit of God comes on people sometimes and causes them to to fall down. doesn't necessarily happen, but uh, sometimes does. So... Uh, if we could have two uh, men, please, here to come and uh, uh, assist. If you could come forward a bit. Uh, yes, we'll pray together to begin with. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday.